It seems like O'Malley's now being quiet. So, we're gonna go ahead and get started in five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Go There Do That podcast. This podcast is especially unique because we have a guest on board, and his name is Rel. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, what Rel and I, uh, Rel, how do we know each other? We work together. Yeah. And why do you think we connected so well when mm-hmm. we first met? I think you like to talk and I like to listen. that's how we get along too yeah yeah i I think i'm an active listener so i do contribute to the conversation Mm -hmm. and i like offer my perspective when i have one (laughs) yeah uh that's the summary of heather and mine uh our relationship because (laughs) i like to talk and she likes to listen that's funny um so what do you do um outside of work yeah so um by by day i work in city government um, doing social media and outside of that for myself, I also <laughs> do social media. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in an all around creative, uh, photography, self video, not video, like go there, do that, of course. But, um, yeah, just all around creative. I love to do food reviews. That's been my thing that I'm sticking to recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you do videos, like what, what type of video specifically? So you're not, you said not like go there, do that. That means not climbing up mountains. Cause that's terrible (laughs) but you do explore Mm -hmm. but in a different way yeah so i like to explore and um basically go out and find new experiences so whether that's through like a restaurant or a museum um if i'm going to a new city i'm definitely trying to see like okay what do people like to do here that's kind of more my thing um and we all eat all the time so Mm -hmm. that's why i'm mainly focused on food i'm like that's something all of us can connect on because we have to do that every single day to stay mm-hmm. alive. So I like to find the cool places. So you go for like a relatability factor because like, I mean, I don't really know Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, Heather and I don't venture out there too mm-hmm. often, but if you introduce a place that seems very unique and interesting, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you see all the time, right? Like what's, a, what's an example of something that you've recently discovered out in Austin like what's a cool new place that you like yeah um so being that I the first thing I want to do when I go out is like eat food (laughs) and even see if it's nearby like a shopping center or in like a cool area um so we recently tried like ATX Cocina which is like a new restaurant um and I'm big on experiences so it's more than just like okay is the food good Mm -hmm. it's like is the ambiance okay you know um what do they have that's special about the way that they serve food? Are they coming and carving off food on your table? Um, those different things kind of stand out to me. And then location. Like, you know, after dinner, people are usually going for dessert. And oftentimes I don't do dessert at the restaurant I'm eating at because I mm-hmm. want to kind of go and explore a nearby place. So with Atex Cocina, there's like Lady Bird Lake. And there's a nice mm-hmm. area there to walk. And, you know, there's like the Bat Bridge. So that's all within the same proximity. So um, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but yeah. if it's a food experience, I like to see what nearby places are interesting as well. Yeah. Because anytime you go out with friends, you have to like eat at some point. Right. Otherwise, people get a little cranky. Yeah. yeah. So what, that's not the highlight of the evening exactly, but it is mm-hmm. an essential part of it is. being out. People and, are going to talk about yeah. the food the next day, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. And like coming in with like more to offer you mm-hmm. know because you catch you grab dinner with friends but then you're like i would like to extend this like i still yeah. want to hang out with you so exactly. having a good location is good to keep yeah that mm-hmm. multifaceted yeah approach to going out yeah. right you always get to the question of like so what are y'all doing after this if things are like going well right. yeah you know, if you have energy <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. and and for me if things are going well that's a good question because i'm like you know what i am willing to push it normally i'm a grandpa and i want to go back home and get <laughs> in the bed but like this is a good vibe let me sacrifice and let's go have some fun yes yeah yes. so the place to eat at is kind of your way out in a way yeah. not not saying it like oh my gosh, I don't want to be with you, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's getting a little late and that food was terrible and I just mm-hmm. want to like be alone right now. Yeah. But like, it really can ruin your afternoon if you go to a place that's really not that mm-hmm. great. And you, have you ever had sort of a, like a not so great, you don't have to name the place. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so I am, I like to focus on places with good food first, right? The experience doesn't matter to me, but that second, like if I'm spending my money on food, because I know how to cook. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm spending money on food, I want it to be good. Um, I won't say the place, but there is a place I went to 
uh, more recently, and it just was not good. I don't know what was going on in the kitchen. I don't know if the the menu just wasn't the the best or if the chefs weren't great, uh, but it kind of felt like a waste. That's happened a couple of times. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's it kind of makes you just want to go home. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it does exist. Yeah, but... I think that's like so valuable too because I feel like, like we get like in a rut. Like I know there's a thousand places to eat mm-hmm. near Austin. Yeah. Like that's the whole, like that's the thing about Austin. Right. It has great food. food. But it's like, where do you even start? <laughs> yeah. Besides like the really popular trendy places that everybody goes mm-hmm. to and then you're waiting for two hours. Right. You know, and, and sometimes they're overhyped. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that one Austin barbecue place that people wait? I don't think there's like Franklin's. Yeah. And Franklin's. Then, yeah. And you know what's funny? So I've grown up in Austin, born and raised. I feel like I didn't start to experience the downtown scene mm-hmm. until like towards the very end of high school. Um, so I kind of get to relive and do some of that now. Um, I have never been to Franklin's. I've never. Salt Lake is pretty like famous too. I think yeah. it's there's one in Round Rock or North in in South Austin. Um, never been to those places either. Mm-hmm. But it's because my family is from like country, well, two different country towns like Lockhart. I don't know if you've heard oh, of Lockhart, yeah. Yeah. and then um, another place called um, I'm gonna get the name wrong. <laughs> I can't remember the exact name, but my family's from the country, so I know that side of barbecue. Right. So I'm like, okay, we do this at home or like on the weekends going to church. I'm gonna go there and get like real barbecue. So I don't know yeah. to compare it to austin barbecue right yeah it's gonna be different you know really good barbecue yeah you're like in my opinion i'm still open though you know (laughs) i'm like some people could be you know country cooks and move into the city Mm -hmm. and do that i mean these places have lines for a reason i guess so Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah so (laughs) you're looking for that authenticity injected into such a busy place right how do you do that right like how do you what is what is that essence of a good barbecue yeah you look for um I definitely think sausage is like a big factor because sausage is like a blend of meats and whatever seasoning. So it varies like Mm -hmm. place to place. Uh, Some people are from like, I think the Midwest, maybe. No, we're St. Louis guys. Help me out. I'm not. Is that still okay? Okay. That seems Midwest to me. Okay. I I feel like that too. So (laughs) people are being on like hot links there, which is literally like a red sausage, Mm -hmm. which is totally different from the sausage that I grew up eating. Right. Um, So I'm really picky on that. Brisket is another thing because brisket has to be cooked a certain way for a certain length of time in order to be tender enough. But then it also should be flavorful. So it's like, how are they getting the flavor in there? Mm -hmm. So those are the biggest things. I feel like barbecue chicken is really easy. I feel like if you mess that up, like it's. You know, what did you do wrong if you mess up chicken? That's easy. You don't have to really <laughs> yeah. like inject much flavor into it. Just so undercooking is the only thing you can yeah, mess right. up on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but fun fact, one sixty five is the internal temperature for chicken. <laughs> Good to it know. should be there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those things. Fun fact, Heather and I got a grill from her parents and it just had enough propane for me to cook on it one time. Oh really? And then it ran out of propane, but I was like, Oh no, the chicken's undercooked and I was making food for your friends mm-hmm. when they oh, were over. Yeah. And I You're was like, like trying to impress them. I, I was like, su- I was like super nervous. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, it just ran out, but I thought I was about to, it was pretty much good. So uh-huh. I came up, I was like, I ran out of propane <laughs> in this. Yeah. So it's good to, no one got sick. No. Yeah. Oh, so. I was like, you should finish it off in the oven. That's mm-hmm. the thing too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, yeah. And this is why I have you here because mm-hmm. I don't know anything <laughs> about cooking. <laughs> yes. What? Pretty much. So yeah. I'm the support. Like I chop the chicken and I, mm-hmm. you know, dish Get, it off like, to tasks. the. Yeah. Cause I like tend to over season and tend to over do See, a lot. You got to taste as you go sometimes. Well, that's hard to do with things that are raw. Right. So, yeah. but like if you were making burgers, you would do the mixture if you season your meat that way, take a small bit, throw it in the pan, cook that, and then taste mm-hmm. that bit if you really need to see it that way. But other than that, That's I feel idea. like the more you cook, you eye things. Oh, yeah. And, like, know where the salts are. If you're using, like, a lemon pepper seasoning, check the ingredients because more than likely salt is in there, too. Mm-hmm. So if you're using your main salt ingredient, occasion seasoning... That definitely has salt. Just that's where people yeah. overdo it. They're adding all of these different seasonings that also have salt. Do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And people forget about flavor too. Like onion powder, or actual onions or aromatics. Like if you, you know, chop up some onions and put in some green pepper peppers, that adds in flavor too. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you learn to like cook? Yeah. Um, from being in the kitchen with my grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my grandma, there's not too many grandkids. Well, now there's a bit more like great grandkids, but like uh, we're pretty close. Yeah. Um, even still, I'll call her for like cooking advice, but just like watching her and literally asking questions. I'm like, yeah. when I cook this, it doesn't taste the same way. Like, what are you doing differently? And she would explain everything. She's like happy to explain that. She's one of those grandmas that's like, okay, church just ended. I cooked whoever wants to come over from church. Like, you're welcome, you know? Yeah. So I kind of like learned from um, that style of her just being in the kitchen all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was in Lockhart? Um, no, and still in Austin. They're from oh. there, but they like moved into Austin to like oh, raise their family. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Okay. That's good to yeah. still have that around. Yeah. So we, we moved it away is. from the, the home cooked meals. That mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so like, that's the thing. I'm mm-hmm. such a homebody too. I'm like, ah, if I'm moving away, like, how long is it going to take me to get yeah. back home? Or can I afford to take frequent flights? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're not, but you're not too far. So I'm not too yeah. far. 15 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> literally yeah. from the furthest person is like my mom she lives in elgin which is maybe 45 mm. minutes away mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's always good yeah i didn't i guess i didn't know that about you you were born and raised in austin mm-hmm. um yeah. so okay i guess i'll ask you like over time how has how have you seen things change and how do you apply that to like what you do yeah. now with your own social media because you have that yeah. insider knowledge right mm-hmm. like you have the history behind you to also talk about these things. Yeah. So, like, do you think that's helped? I mean, obviously, in what way has it helped? Yeah, for sure. So, I think growing up in Austin, uh, it's very different now. And I kind of got to see that over time when I went away to college. So, when I would come back on the trips home, I'm like, whoa, these new buildings are up. Like, and then you see more tech companies starting here. Um, I think with that, a lot more business ventures were started for people. They wanted to create a restaurant that stood out, you know. So, that kind of changed. So, that was cool. But being in the Dallas area, there's so much more. They're like, it's a a bigger metroplex in general. Right. Um, But I saw so many different groups of people and then so many different, like, sub cities um in towns that were like adjacent to dallas and that just like opened my mind i'm like wow there's so much out here like Mm -hmm. uh, different walks of life kind of more of a melting pot than i feel like austin was right um and with that being said there were different people that had like a different hustle about them i would say like if a lot of people from the east coast um i felt like had a spark like Mm -hmm. in college they were out doing things they were trying to make something happen so that inspired me in my creative process because i'm like wow these people are really motivated and ambitious um and then just connecting with people in general uh kind of piqued my drive and determination um to create content on my Mm -hmm. own i would say like i would sit back i'm a person who like will sit on an idea and not really take charge at it uh but then i'll see someone else do something like i can do that or that's easy to me like i'm Mm -hmm. inspired like let's go for it let's start to create it also validates because you don't want to be the first one to be doing something and then you constantly like sort of it's not really going anywhere. So, yeah. you know, but it validates it when you see other people sort of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that discourages a lot of people from doing a new thing because mm-hmm. they're like, well, there's already so many people doing this thing. It's like that just literally legitimizes. That means it's working. Yeah. Like that's true. Doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And so you've recently sort of been more serious about like this brand of like food and, mm-hmm. you know, foodie type of thing. So like what made you narrow in on a, on a specific niche. niche. It was yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. I think oftentimes when we think about our niche, it's, we try to stick to, like, how we envision ourselves or, like, what that's supposed to look like in the long run. Um, and I have to take a step back and say, okay, well, I'm getting some traction with these things. If my goal is to grow, like, let me stick with something that is gaining more traction. Let me throw some things out there um, and see what hits the wall, what sticks to the wall. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did. I'm like, I didn't think food would like be my thing. But when I asked people about me, they're like, well, you cook on your story all the time. Or like, you told me to go eat at this place, you know? So I'm like, that kind of makes sense that if that's what reality is in my small circle, it can be that same way on social media. Cause these are other people who have these same interests. It's something that already comes natural to me. I'm going to go eat at these places anyway. I do have a photography background, which makes my videos look better than what I, what I see often, you know, from other people sometimes. Um, so I'm like combine those things and like kind of give people what they want. So that allowed me to like create a strategy. Um, I'm pretty clever with like writing and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's be witty. Let's try to interject your personality. Like Mm -hmm. my real personality. I feel like I'm still formal right now because it's like in the setting, but like when I let loose, like interject that into some of the videos and like, that's going to draw people in. And then there's SEO and other stuff that like I pay attention to (laughs) all the actual marketing stuff, but yeah that's what kind of helped me to like decide on food and 
even now, I still don't know like what that looks like for me long term. I know that like while I'm waiting and trying to figure that out, I'm still eating at places. So I'm <laughs> yeah. still going to keep recording and putting out the content, yeah. um, which is cool. I want to say on TikTok, it's like definitely doing numbers and mm -hmm. it's residual attention. Um, when you're hitting SEO points, like I said, people are always eating. So that means if I'm posting like, hey, this is this spot in this location and visitors are using a platform like TikTok as a search engine, they're going to keep finding that. So it's still like last. So I think I think in a in a backwards way, let's do what people are already interested in. And then once I've built that audience, then I've built a loyal following and I can kind of take them wherever yeah. I want them to go. Exactly. Yeah. That hmm. makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is good. So, um, yeah, I was. I'm gonna have an Ethanism really quick. Okay. okay. Once O'Malley, uh, we love an Ethanism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone's been hearing O'Malley sort of cry downstairs, but he's our he's our doggy that wants to be up here, but he can't be on a podcast because he doesn't <laughs> speak English. Um, <laughs> but if you hear that, that's what that is. Anyways, um, so I read this book. It's by Simone de Beauvier, and it's called The Ethics of Ambiguity. Anyways. Long story short, you're constantly between, she says, you're constantly between who you are right now and who you want to be mm. later on in life. Right. And so I think what you did, I'm going to try to tie this in, is you realized that what you, who you are right now is like a foodie person, like you have a food background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people are like, hey, you're cooking already. Like, why not just make videos about it? Because you know how to do videos. So that's like who you are now is who you're going to be like a foodie type person. Like you're creating yourself by being yourself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. is that, okay. Um, it's contributing yeah. to like the end of you. Yeah. Yeah. The end result of you. While also being you at mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah. I think that's really, that's, that's a safe bet yeah. to bet on who you are right now. Yeah. But also, you know what you want to do. Which I like is, that. What, mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in like, okay, I don't want to say five years. That's forever. <laughs> in the next year, where do you want to, like, what's a goal you have? Yeah, I have a goal of just being more consistent. Um, that's something that's going to help me in so many areas of my life. Um, I'm someone who will take a break and pause if I feel overwhelmed emotionally. Yeah. So it's like hard to like push through that. Uh, like especially post COVID, it's really weird. Like, so I'm an emotional eater, right? Like my relationship mm -hmm. with food is like, I enjoy food and then it can also be a vice. Like yeah. there've been times in the past where, I'm stressed out and thinking about something and I'm not even realizing that my body is moving towards the kitchen. Yeah. Like I've noticed that I specifically noticed that through, uh, during COVID. So, um, yeah, with that being said, it's like, ah, I need to like, just try and be balance. consistent and yeah, yeah, have balance and manage that, which is why like I found, you know, the hobby of tennis now, like I right. played before in the past, but it's something that has resurfaced because I'm like, okay, there has to be balance somewhere. Let's just move our body. Let's get active. Cause I'm not the type of person that is just going to get up and want to go to the gym all the time. Yeah. And like being now that I am looking for new places to eat, I have to have some system yeah. to make sure that I'm regulating and not setting myself backwards. Right. Cause I see that too. I don't want to be so focused on the goal to where I'm forgetting about like myself and my own health. Yeah. Like, Oh, these videos are taking off. Cause you know, they're doing pretty well. They're getting like thousands of views that can easily encourage somebody to reproduce that, which is what you should do. But for me, it's food. And sometimes it's not the most healthy food yeah, that does absolutely. well online. So mm -hmm. I have to do it in moderation, you know, yeah. um, unhealthy food does better than healthy food. For sure. I kind of, it looks more the, appetizing, the pizza, you know, mm -hmm. the, the pizza, the cheese pools. Like, and I keep that in mind, like, and here's a tip for anybody that's listening. Like, I don't want to give my full formula away, but I know that, those shots like being placed towards the beginning of the video mm -hmm. does well so if you see like a, a cheese pool or like yep. or a piece of fried chicken like it's like who doesn't like fried chicken you know what i mean yep. that stuff like grabs people's attention automatically um and i feel like that's why it does well you'll see a lot of youtube mug bangers who have gained a ton of weight and stuff you know <laughs> i know who yeah. those are yeah. yeah and it's like you have yep. to keep an eye out for that stuff because at one point does it start affecting your health too negatively and is right. it worth it like are you still able to enjoy the same things like i don't want to put a price tag on that you who's know who's in my control health. right like when you're yeah. creating something mm -hmm. it's like when it when does it become not okay right like clearly you are now well you mentioned the muck bangers do you know what that mm -hmm. is i don't okay. mukbang or mukbang it's like how, how they say it, say it it's properly a weird word yeah but basically people like do video content mm -hmm. of uh -huh. them just eating eating on camera but it's oh. becoming 
more and unhealthy. more unhealthy. Well, yes, like they it can. Yeah. Like they can't I don't, stop because they lose their audience. Yeah, that's there, scary. Yes, there are some people. Mm. I don't want to say names, but like who have gotten really big and like yeah. they've uh, been hospitalized. Now have oh this sounds so dramatic, but like um, are now on a like ventilator machine or oxygen tank oh, within wow. their home, and we're not like that at first. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like you get into the storylines and the views and you know like the more that you have the more extreme it is Mm -hmm. people are going to share that that content is shareable you know it's similar to like how pranks are popular right um there's like some outrage and with outrage comes oh ethan did you see this video cool now it's a share now it's feeding into their algorithm now ethan's going to share you know what i mean it can be addicting and it's like yeah i'm not letting it happen with me with food so i'm just like put stuff out as consistently as possible make sure that it's of quality work because I feel like that is what lasts. Like even now I haven't posted a video maybe two or three weeks, but the videos that I've already put out are still gaining attention and still bringing me new followers. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's the quality. That's the proof of the search engine optimization, even on YouTube. Like if you're looking up, how do I color grade this video, you know, um, for a different, you know, field, that's stuff that lasts. You'll see two and three years ago. Like it, it lives on the internet. So that's kind of what I'm playing more into right now. Yeah. Um, versus the trends. But yeah, right. so in a few years I just see myself being more consistent with that. Um, and then I think a following will like come from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But keeping the quality, like not going for the consistency where you're like, Well, I need to do this every week, even right. if it's not my best. Right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we don't want to compromise that. Yeah. Especially when you figure out what works. When you figure out what works, it's like, okay. Let's repeat this. That's what you should be repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that it's not okay to try new things, but don't right. forget about like what you started and what's already been working for you. You want to yeah. keep pushing that further in the right direction. That's what DJ Khaled would call suffering from success. Suffering from success. If you if you become like I think I was trying to think of an example of how that would apply to us, like eating too much, obviously like you gain weight I mean, unhealthy. The trips cost money. Mm-hmm. Like so if we go over over the money. top uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not only that, but I was thinking like when we first got the van, mm-hmm. people thought that we were just gonna live in it and we were like, No, it's just our second vehicle. Yeah. Like it yeah. we need a life outside of this because there's no way I'm gonna live if in it the was full time I think it would be very overwhelming. That's when it becomes mm-hmm. like our life, right? But mm-hmm. we you need some other outlets besides like the thing that you zone in and work hard on because uh-huh. then after a while it just becomes you like you have nothing else beside it but mm-hmm. you you're successful and you're mm-hmm. making money but also like you're no good at tennis right and you want to be good at tennis mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah and so what you mentioned a little bit each time but how would you summarize what good content would be yeah i think the biggest thing with the good content is effective storytelling mm-hmm. that's if you think about it on a grand scale, that's what gets all of us, right? Even when we go to the grocery store and we choose a certain brand of food because it's our favorite. Yeah. Most of the time, yes, we may like the way it tastes, but we are also attached to the story that the brand has told us. Yes. Um, I read a book recently called All Marketers Are Liars and then Liars is Crossed Out and then it's Storytellers. So all marketers are storytellers. Um, and that book really just broadened my eyes when it comes to like how we interpret brands. Um that what, yeah. So what are some insights that you've gained from that book exactly? Mm, that with storytelling, it's about sometimes it's confirming what people already thought because yeah. um, you could think of it as being a lie. But some companies are like, well, this person already believes this. We're going to give this imagery to support what they already believe in. Yeah. And that's how they're going to buy into us. Because at first when I started reading, I'm like, wait a minute, are they telling me that everything I know is like a lie, you know, yep. um, which could be in some cases, but it wasn't that it's more of like enhancing what people already believe. So I'm trying to think of like a proper example. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Yeah, <laughs> I can think like, of like a really solid example is killing me. Right. Like the story. I mean, that's like with any, anything or any person like celebrities are trying to tell you their, mm-hmm their side of things. I mean, right. I started that Prince Harry book, uh-huh. Spare, but mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this important for him to do all this, right? But he mm-hmm. wants to tell his side of things. Like, yeah. what's the point? Why is the story so effective? Yeah. Is it because in the end, if told correctly, mm-hmm. it evokes a certain emotion and yeah. it's the same emotion as the storyteller, mm-hmm. right? And that is what makes it. So it's like, believe, mm-hmm. you're not going to believe somebody if they just like say, hey, look, do this thing it's right. like hey i did this thing and this is what you should get out of yeah, it. yeah it's like a, a from perspective and it's like a recommendation in a way so mm-hmm. i can use food videos for an example 
whenever I go, I just told you guys how like I value the experience, right? So with my phone, I'm trying to just record in a way that captures the entire experience. Yeah. So I'm starting off with the main thing people are listening or tuning in for, which is food. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm also getting clips of like, what's the ambience? Like, what does it look like inside? What is the decor? These are things that people uh -huh. also care about. And then I'm telling you some in some videos, this is how the service was. Like it mm -hmm. took a while today or this was our server, Mike, and he did a really great job. You know, yeah. you're like giving your personal recommendations as if a friend asked you. Yeah. And then that's kind of what works too, because the people who are tuned in are already interested in the subject they found you for a reason yep. they found you because they're they want to know what it looks like to hike up this certain mountain in this certain park right yep. so it's like okay cool so how do i already how do i entertain the people who are already interested right and i mm -hmm. feel like that kind of expands right most of the time it's some people are looking to find um new audience members but it's like let's take a step back first there are already millions of people who already are interested in exactly what you're interested in find those people True. and connect with them first right Mm -hmm. that's kind of like my objective right now is to connect with people who already like me. And then I feel like once yeah. that audience grows, people who may have not been interested, mm -hmm. they'll start to follow along because they'll see like, oh, there's a lot of attention over there. Like, I wonder what he's doing. That's different. Like, let me tune into that. Yeah. Um, so, and I think effective storytelling helps you to achieve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to hear a good story. Mm -hmm. And people like to see themselves in stories. Yeah. So like being authentic and relatable mm -hmm. helps you build that like audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That can be hard too. I think with, so I study broadcast journalism. It's called um, Converge Broadcast Media, but essentially mm -hmm. it's like broadcast and journal journalism merging together. Um, and we're like trained to be on news, right? Like news anchoring. And that's yeah. not something I ever wanted to do. I wanted to do like entertainment news, um, which is still a different ball game. You can be a little bit more of yourself yeah. and inject some more personality. I don't feel like you have to put on that reporter voice. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> um, but you can be yourself a little bit more with that. And it's like with that, um, you're trained. So transitioning from that to like the influencer culture now where it's like mm -hmm. you can fully be yourself yeah. and kind of do almost anything was like an adjustment. Yep. And I'm still not quite there yet like there's times where I get really comfortable and like let loose yeah um and then there's other times where I don't know I like turn on the this needs to be articulated properly you know what I mean mm -hmm. um we call it like cold switching but it's like how I would speak to someone if they called in at work yes. or someone from another department need to speak to me about something mm -hmm. it's not the same as when I'm kicked back relaxed and you hear the country twang yeah. and stuff come out so it's an adjustment but authenticity is definitely the way to win and connect with other people yeah. so i totally agree with you on that but do you ever feel like you're you still want a little bit of a separation you know yes because i feel like there's like a time and place mm -hmm. so it's not something i want to be want to be completely merged together um although relax me isn't like inappropriate in any way yeah. right um like, think if the president <laughs> called you up and were to ask you to give a speech or something, you want to make sure you're on your P's and Q's, you know what I mean? Yes. So that's going to, that presentation is going to look a little bit different for me. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I do like that they're separate because a time mm -hmm. and a place is definitely yeah. a thing. I'd be a little nervous if the president asked me to give a speech. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and addre address the elephant in the room, the dog oh, in oh, the yeah. downstairs. Mm -hmm. Do you want to bring him up here and just have him lay next to you? Yeah. You want to try that? Okay. Yeah. Rel and I will keep talking. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We will get. He's just uh, very lonely um, down there. But normally we Wants have him up love. here. He was just trying to jump on you earlier. Yeah. So it's just funny because I. it's not like we're trying to have a certain authenticity about us, but we're literally like filming with an animal mm -hmm. in our house. And it's like. It's the real deal. <laughs> like this is this is what it's like having a life, trying to have a life, and then also doing a podcast at the same time so here we have o'malley hey, joining us now first time i have to edit one o'malley thanks to you <laughs> okay so we spun off we were talking about storytelling storytelling like why it's impactful and yeah. authenticity so who is a part of your story what do you who do you normally find yourself going um to these restaurants with yeah my partner do you say partner? Do you say boyfriend? What's All of the above. You can say whatever you want. I'm like, what is the correct <laughs> term? Yeah. So his name is Tyler. Um, and that's my foodie buddy. He loves food just as much as I do. 
Um, so he makes for a great partner. And then he kind of understands camera angles and stuff, too, Ooh, when I need him to. Yeah. I'm, like, still training him. We're going to get him there. Mm-hmm. But he gets it enough. He sees, like, what I do. And he's like, all right, I kind of get what this should look like. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get people to take your picture or film you and their phone is, like, sideways. Yes. He's not one of those. So Yeah. We're and good. he sees that it's, like, a passion for you. So yes. he's supportive of that and mm-hmm. like is trying to learn yeah and That's that so kind of cool. helps me to like go forward when someone like mm-hmm. enjoys or admires what you do mm-hmm. it's like oh it feels like i'm not alone in this so yeah. it's really cool he's always excited he's like oh i can't wait we got to eat i can't wait did you get enough angles did you get every shot i can't wait to see how this one turns out so i'm like that's cool you rock so an important <laughs> part about content creation is a good solid support system support right system but you don't want that system to be how, like how far can it extend do you yeah. say all 20 of my friends all believe in what i do it's like right. do they though? yeah like i mean you're not like there with them every day they're mm-hmm. not a part of it too mm-hmm. that's exactly like similar to what heather and i also go through right like mm-hmm. with with this whole thing that we're doing mm-hmm. it's like yeah no one's gonna care about it as much as yeah. like you do and mm-hmm. that's okay yeah it is mm-hmm. i say that all but the time but it's very nice to have somebody in your it, court that does care yeah it's mm-hmm. it's like complimentary right it yes. definitely makes a difference i think that first you have to believe in it yourself right yeah that's like your job because sometimes i mean you're the one doing the work he's not doing the editing for me you know yep. so i have to believe in it enough but i would be a liar to say that it doesn't help to have him to be as excited um and it's weird you mentioned about like multiple friends <laughs> You're making a face, Ethan. I was like, oh, Lord. His butt was in the way oh. of your camera. And- <laughs> I didn't even realize. That's a great, that's the money <laughs> shot. <laughs> but, so, Ethan, you mentioned um, having multiple friends, like, believe in, you know, what you're doing. And that can sometimes be looking in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. I feel like. Because you may have friends who love you and support you, but they just genuinely may not be interested in what it in- is that you're creating. Exactly. And that's okay. A lot of people look for like their closest people to them to be the first ones to go and like subscribe to them or like purchase their product. And it's mm-hmm. like, you need to be finding the people who aren't really attached and have a bias to you. Those are going to yeah. be like your repeat customers, like, yep. you know, new people that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can uh, be a little bit too much too. I just try to, it's, it's We're overwhelming. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's a balance. It can be. It's a balance. Mm-hmm. Like you really do have to like say I do this thing on the side. Like I did bring when we were around friends. Uh, like when we were hanging out, I pointed out that you had a Instagram with five point six thousand yeah. subscribers now. Yeah, and it's going down by the way. Oh, so <laughs> well. That's on Instagram. Yeah. Are you focused more on Instagram or TikTok, do you think? So that number makes sense because I am more focused on, on TikTok. T- yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and then it's like when you have a real life and working job and stuff, mm-hmm. it's hard to be consistent on all platforms. It so, is. yeah. Um, yes. And then algorithms, let's not even get into that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you're right. I, I don't like to boast on the number because I'm just like, who's there? Who's actually liking and engaging with this stuff? I don't yes. know. It's just like kind of there sometimes. Exactly. Sometimes people can have. 500 followers and have more engaged supporters, you know? Mm-hmm. So this depends. So doing this thing on the side is like obviously very important to you mm-hmm. and you need, it's more validating to have somebody who's there to like support you along the way and just yeah. be like, that's crazy, right? Like, mm-hmm. Look at where I've been. This is where I am now. Right. Sort of thing. And you have somebody else to measure that with, but you also need to remember that you have to like have a consistent, steady there's a there's a steadiness about doing content consistently right but then you also have to like do real life consistently until Mm -hmm. maybe one of them takes over right right like that's the main thing it for me at least is Mm -hmm. like how do i know like how much do i pour into this to make it worth it for me like do i take a break for six months or a year or something and that's why i needed the consistency of like this podcast for Mm -hmm. example you can do it weekly you can have friends over you can talk to them about content creation it's Mm -hmm. great but I think it's dangerous to be like, when does this become worth it? Because mm-hmm. to me, it's like already worth it. Yeah. Because if it's fun, if it's fun, mm-hmm. like the things that you do every day, which is cook, right? You're like, I'm just going to stick to what I like. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what. It's I'm not like. really something like extra. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with that. I think I often have asked myself that too. I think um, it's safe. Well, one, you have to be smart about money, right? Like yeah. you can't just, people have bills. Like you have bills. You can't just like. Yeah. neglect those responsibilities um so that's super important but i think that 
for me personally, it's going to be like once I see more traction um, and like more opportunities that way, then I'll feel safe enough to like make the jump. Yeah. Because um, I have in the past, I did that with photography. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's making more sense to do this this way. Um, and I'm glad I took that leap because I realized like, hey, running my own business by myself. Yeah. It's not exactly what I want to do right now. Let mm-hmm. me go back into like the corporate role, get a consistent security. paycheck, benefits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That security meant a lot. Um, but now with having that experience, I know what that should look like. Like yep. I know all the things that I did wrong and things that should have been in place before making that jump. You know, right. maybe I wasn't as ready as I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's. It's crazy. Some people get pushed into it. Some people get laid off and they're like, well, I have to use my resources and I've seen them thrive that way. Yeah. Um, and I guess you just never know. I just want to always land on my feet. That's the thing. That security yes. means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So do you remember that exact moment whenever you first got into mm-hmm. like doing this thing? Like what inspired you to start creating the things that you create? Um, I feel like I've always been interested in being in front of the camera and creating in some capacity. Like I was a theater kid growing up. I always sang in the choir um, at church, um, praise dancing, like miming more so um, announcements. Like anytime I could like be in front of people, I would take the chance and I felt pretty comfortable doing that. Um, So I've always had a genuine interest. Like I've I've never wanted to like solve a math problem or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've been interested in like creative writing since like early stages, always trying to write poems. So I think it's just like a part of who I am. Um, but as far as like creating, I think just when I got into college and like picked up a first, my first professional camera, mm-hmm. um, maybe earlier than that high school, I started with like yearbook. So that's why I'm so addicted to canning. Cause that's what I learned on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that like kind of started it. There's just always been hints of it throughout my career path. Um, and then I think seeing my friends who are very successful mm-hmm. and, you know, to have some friends who are millionaires, some friends who, you know, are deep in the six figure club, like seeing that lets me know that it's possible. Yeah. Um, and we're aligned and I have the same skill sets that they have. So it was just about like putting in the consistency and like setting those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that could provide everything that I want out of life, a better experience yeah. versus like giving my time to somebody a certain amount of hours a week forever. Like, of course, do when you need to, like, you know, it's yeah. a part of my process right now. Cause honestly, if I were to get the opportunity today, I may not be ready. I don't think yeah. I would fully know what to do with like a large following right now, or, you know, I may not be able to handle it. I'm not consistent enough with my, within myself mm-hmm. to be able to make that jump and take on that responsibility. So I feel like right now I'm leaning more into my security until I'm, until I build my own system to be able to handle what that looks like. Yeah. It's constantly scary, like just not knowing what will happen mm-hmm. when with what you're doing. But so if you were to talk to somebody who is unsure about like, I kind of want to do my own thing that I'm interested in. Cause I mean, un- whether we like it or not, you, there are so many avenues and platforms to like make your own thing a thing mm-hmm. to other people. Cause it's like, everyone has a genuine interest deep down everyone within them. Everyone really has a voice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so somebody who's like maybe a little bit too uncertain or afraid, like, is there something that you can think of? Like, what would you tell them? Yeah. You know, like, just start literally. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. Like, and that's with anything. Like if, any genuine interest, like you have to start the process because the worst thing for me, my biggest fear is to be stagnant or to mm-hmm. to be 45 years old and thinking back like, oh, if I would have started this when I was 30, like where would I have been? I don't want to to live with knowing that there's a huge what if out there. Yeah. I want to at least have tried and failed. You know what I mean? Like oh. I, I couldn't live with that. Like I wouldn't want to die knowing that I had these talents and this ambition, but like not enough drive. to complete the mission or to even give it the effort so i would tell someone who's thinking about it start like in the smallest ways in it say if it's content creation it doesn't have to be going out and buying the best camera right away sometimes you may not know what to do with that yet Mm -hmm. sometimes you might you know but start with your phone start with what you already have um just to get familiar with the process and then after that you start producing enough to start getting actual results and data to then come back and strategize on but Mm -hmm. you'll never get that data if you don't start yep that's what's interesting about like today's day and age. Like, uh, smartphones have gotten so good. Like, you have your own professional equipment mm-hmm. available to you yeah. to shoot video on, but you still choose to use a cell phone. Yep. And mm-hmm. so everyone has. Okay, I want to say a lot of people have cell phones available to them. Mm-hmm. And so what is like, 
it's not really an ex- if you want to do videography like yeah. you do start with a fo- what you have available mm-hmm. like it doesn't have it's not going to be the best thing because there's going to be a new camera right. that comes out next year mm-hmm. or whatever so like you kind of it's not like you're settling you're just knowing what you have and what you can do with it too right. why do you prefer to use a cell phone um for the vlog videos just because it's easily accessible yeah. and then the camera that i do have um i feel like it's a little bit outdated because we're not it doesn't record in 4k yet it's just like 1080 it's a actually with the canon 5d mark ii um so i love it for photos i don't think it was made to be the best video camera yeah. um so that's the reason why i go to my phone and then it's just less noticeable yeah. easier to manage um there's some image stabilization mm-hmm. there as well so that helps out um but and it produces really good quality a lot of people don't take the time to get to know their devices mm-hmm. go into your settings see what you know different uh frames per second rates look like you know mm-hmm. i i know how to work the device so that's kind of why i prefer it yeah um I could definitely like upgrade, but right now I don't see a time. I don't see it necessary to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have to think about how many people, especially with apps like TikTok online, have gotten ahead and are not using the latest. It having high quality equipment doesn't equate to the best content. It can look great. Um, You need to know how to edit it. Again, it's all about the storytelling. I can have the a little bit lower quality and still tell you a better story than somebody with the latest so it's not the most important thing for me and my own standards yes i'm not putting something out there that looks like it was shot on a microwave because i just don't prefer to you know operate that way um but it could be possible Mm -hmm. if that's a choice yeah don't don't shoot on microwaves those are (laughs) too heavy yeah to bring the restaurant wipe your cameras off that's really the biggest thing too (laughs) that's how you get some great quality wipe the cameras off in good lighting so um if you have, do you have any like, f- do you have any future predictions of like where things are going since you've, yeah. I mean, you've seen Austin sort of start, you know, like years and years ago, mm-hmm. and then now you're seeing it turn into something else entirely, mm-hmm. like with tech companies and stuff. Right. But your insight on like social media and stuff, mm-hmm. and I know you can't figure out the algorithm ever, ever but like, right. do you think, like, where do you think we'll be in like five years when it comes to like, like content? Content. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to continue to evolve because I know television ratings are like below. That's why everyone is putting so much money into streaming services because yeah. the world moves fast. We're all working. We're busy. We want to watch something on demand. Yep. Um, that's the reason why we see these huge actors on Netflix films. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not the same as like, oh, low budget up and coming. Right. Yep. Um, so I think social media will still have a place um, with AI. I think it's going to get even more interesting. Oh, you said it. Yeah, there are applications that can help, like, smooth the process out Mm -hmm. um, and then probably lessen some of the outsourcing. I know some people who aren't the best at editing and will just hire an editor. Um, So I think AI is definitely going to change that a bit. But um, I think influencers are still going to be extremely powerful because we want to hear from real people um, with storytelling Brands can put a lot of stuff out there. You see a lot of testimonials, a lot of paid actors at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, some influencers can be paid actors, but it's like the more you build rapport with your audience and people trust you and you're honest with them and authentic, mm-hmm. that relationship is kind of where the money's going to be. Like yeah. even in the smallest amounts, even if you're talking about something that costs $5, if you have a following and that translates and those people mm-hmm. are spending that money, you have some like buying power within that Um it's going to resonate. So I definitely think we'll still be in that stage as a society. Yeah. So what do you think makes a person authentic? Like, what does that word mean to you? It means honesty. Like I'm not, for instance, when I'm doing a food review, obviously I'm not getting paid either at this stage. But if I were to, I, I wouldn't lie. Like I wouldn't tell somebody yeah. that something's good if it's not. So just really like being honest and saying like, hey, you can't pay me to to give a different opinion. I think yeah. those are the people with like the largest followings because people can say like, okay, cool. I'm interested in this. I haven't tried this, but I did try something they recommended and I remember that being good. So mm-hmm. I trust them. It's literally building rapport with people that, you know, you can't physically like be around or can't speak to um, mm-hmm. like a friend. Yeah. What's interesting is you can be authentic, but also be like, be honest, but not brutally honest, yeah. you know? And that, so Heather has been uh, studying German and, something that I've learned about that language is it's more blunt with mm-hmm. the way. So we've been to Austria and some interactions with um, Austrian people and they speak German to you, but then translate it to English. They're very blunt. Mm. Like, what do you want? To the point. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. what do you want? And it's like, oh, us as Americans, we're like, oh my goodness. Like, you get offended. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, and they're like, I'll get to you in a second. Like, but very just matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you're doing a food review, though, that's the beauty of the English language, I think, is that you can say, hey, this was maybe just a little bit slightly kind of yeah. undercooked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you can be nice, but like, I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, though, is like, do you like my thing? I do this mm-hmm. with videos all the time. Like, hey, is this cool? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, it was a video. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it was, you can remain neutral sometimes, yeah. too. And you, it's like, sometimes it's not worth your time, right? Like, just saying, hey, this was awful. I had a bad experience. But you're just like, it is great. And people know what that means. It's yeah. Like, I always yeah. think of like, what is the end result of this? What is the end result of my feedback mm-hmm. like when a, i've had food that isn't so good and the waiter comes up to the table mm-hmm. like how's everything going and i'm like oh it's good you know what i yeah. mean because i'm not i know that that leads to oh well what didn't you like about it do you want to swap that out for something else and i may not be ready to do that or wanting to do that i may not even care to i'm like it's good enough for me to finish i don't yes. want to make a big deal right mm-hmm. so that like kind of changes the trajectory of my mm-hmm. feedback um, but in videos i am able to say that like there's a nice way to say that you didn't enjoy something without like bashing somebody. Yep. I've had certain things that like weren't cooked to my liking or, you know, may have been a little bit too uh, medium rare raw, like when it comes to, you know, meat preparation. And um, I've definitely talked around that, but it's also because it's about perspective. Mm-hmm. I can't say that it's nasty because it's like nasty to me when there's somebody who like will eat meat rare and may yep. love it. So I include that too. I'm like, hey, in my opinion, or this is how I normally like things, and this is how my experience with it. Yeah. And I think that helps people a lot too. Yeah, you can be honest without being mean. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm no big on that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. be constructive, and it's like the mm-hmm. what is the intent ultimately? The intent isn't to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, you know. So it's like, okay, let me think about how I'm going to communicate this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is being like a, a nice, genuine person, though. It's just like, hey, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Right. That's that's very important with mm-hmm. doing what you do, especially too, because yeah. you like do you, you like to focus on like local. Yeah, types of for sure. Yeah, um, or any place that I'm at at the time. Like I'm going to travel, and I'm definitely going to hit up some food spots that are popular or that I just want to check out in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I think that the way. What what else is important about your your presentation for video? Like, you know, I also did theater, mm-hmm. and I think you kind of made me think of something about myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like a presenter. Like, I, you like to just be like, hello everyone, mm-hmm. this is me, you mm-hmm. know. And everyone is doing that in a way, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what I try to do is bring that. You know, it's called go there, do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm telling you to like experience this thing yourself, like, right? I don't want anybody to miss out on something that I enjoy. But if it's like, mm-hmm. if you don't enjoy this sort of thing, like somebody told me, I don't want to do what you do because I don't like uh, mosquitoes mm-hmm. all over me or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just That's like, fair. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's like what we talked about earlier. Like it may be a different, somebody else's palate is different than yours. Right. right. And mm-hmm. you can't push that on to like your friends or anything. And that's, I think the hardest part about content creation is the patience that it involves with mm-hmm. like, Hey guys, whoever likes what I do, just come find me at some point. I'll try to put my stuff out there. Right. You can always keep scrolling, Mm -hmm. but that's tough to deal with sometimes whenever it's like you find somebody who doesn't like your thing. Have you ever had like a negative type of feedback? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they're like, I don't like this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dang it. It -hmm. wasn't for you, I guess. Yeah. You know, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. But you don't want to change too much about yourself just based off of one or two bad Right, because you just might not be that person's taste. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. It's like, how do you handle negative feedback or any type of criticism? Like, that's something I always struggle with. I think that I value the opinion or negative opinions from people that already look up to Mm -hmm. or who can kind of reproduce the same thing um, more than somebody who's completely not interested because I'm like, you're not going to get it either way it goes. That's what I kind of feel. If you watch American Idol and you have judges that like can't sing at all, but it's weird because it's like some people can't sing but still recognize the talent. So I'm just kind of like picky. Uh, yeah. I think it's a case by case thing for me when it comes to like receiving feedback. Yes. Um, but when it comes to like what I do, negative comments have more so been on people's experiences there that may have not been better or like 
since it's food related, like, oh, how much did you tip? Like crazy stuff like that. Yeah. And most of the time I check people because I'm a great tipper. I like, I'm yeah. just a, I do that in general, but, and it's mostly a time for me to educate somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally have someone calculate a $10 tip and I left the person like $20 over 20%, like well within what I think a server would appreciate. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm the type to like clap back and respond. So I'm like, mm-hmm. actually, if you knew when a calculator was invented, <laughs> you can go and do the math on this yes. and add it up. So I have that response only because I feel like people are coming from me. You got to yes, defend I'm, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I don't do it unwarranted for sure. Like, that's the thing. If you come at me correct, we have a good on time. Mm-hmm. Like, come at me being constructive, actually wanting to offer something. Yeah. Don't don't give anybody. And this is comments in the outside, too. Don't give anybody any feedback that's, like, meant to embarrass them. You know what I mean? And sometimes I feel like that's what you get on social media a lot. Yes. So when is that? I'm going to respond in a defensive way. Yep. Yeah. That's what I found is uh, difficult to, like, get used to because everybody, if everybody should agree that everyone's voice matters, right? It doesn't matter who you are, whatever walks, walk of life. Like, if you're just putting your opinion out there, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. But then also if it's, like, hey, if this opinion is being honest and it's uh, not being genuinely, like, you want to better the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, like you, you're hurting somebody else yes. with yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you it's, can like, keep it. it's mm-hmm. important to know what the difference is, though. When mm-hmm. somebody comes at you, is like, are you just projecting something onto yeah. you right now? Mm-hmm. Is this really, am I really your problem? Right. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's, that's what I uh, think about a lot. Yeah, because like, there's a way to say it if you cared, right? If there was mm-hmm. something going on, with like either one of you, I consider y'all to be friends. So I would be like, I would think to myself, how am I going to give them this feedback or like make them aware of this? That's not going to hurt their feelings. I'm going to handle that situation with care because my intent is to be careful. Yes. If it's someone you don't care about or it's like you just one if someone you don't care about, keep your opinion to yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's different from when it's someone that you may like have a problem with. You're telling them something wrong about themselves to kind of take a dig at them. Yeah. And you can like feel that way about like your art and stuff, who's really trying mm-hmm. to be constructive and help out and who's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like separating the art from the artist too. It's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I make, sometimes I make things and I'm like, well, that wasn't like super great. I just didn't really try, mm-hmm. but sometimes people just love it. It's yeah. like, okay, that's when it's interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But then also you make things that are bad and nobody pays attention to it. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like, why would you put your stuff stuff out there mm-hmm. if you're not going to be ready for criticism mm-hmm. or two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, you mentioned people in your field are you're more likely to like value their opinions because they're they know what they're talking about mm-hmm. too but also anybody can criticize a movie right or art painting too mm-hmm. but then it's like if it's your face on there right like hey you're telling that to me but i try to it's really difficult to separate yourself from the thing because something i made five years ago mm-hmm. wouldn't be, was, wouldn't be something i made today right so it's like who you are right now is who you are too mm-hmm. yeah you have no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. None at all. So, yeah. And that's, I think what, that's what we're getting into right now is you have, like, a genuine person is somebody who is not trying to hurt, like, lower the overall, you know, uh, attitude of the, well, you don't want to go negative with the world, right? You're mm-hmm. just like, hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but this is, I genuinely want you to improve. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like being genuine about it it's like i'm caring i'm taking the time to tell you something and it needs to be valuable to you but then when somebody's just like you're stupid it's like how is that like in what way you know like am i gonna help me yes Mm -hmm. am i gonna explore this more do i want to know why i'm stupid to you like but also i'm not the kind of person that likes being called stupid Mm -hmm. so do i just defend myself do you ignore it it's very difficult and that's a tough job that you know you are it's a tough world getting into so then if you say the mosquitoes aren't worth it to me, then you can just opt out and not do content creation altogether, you know? Right. But then you're not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. This yeah. is a tough um, it's a tough thing to solve. I don't think you can solve it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's like balancing. Yeah, that's an example of like a sacrifice, right? And it's like anything that we do, it's going to be sacrificed. If we're going into working nine to five, we're kind of sacrificing freedom or we have to be in office or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an example. If you're going for being an influencer, you're sacrificing uh, your mental health in a way like you yeah. are literally putting yourself in front of there for the world to see and comment. It's like you want the views and stuff and you want the content to perform well and resonate with people. But that also comes with negative opinions. Right. Yeah. It's like and then you want to go hiking, you know, make this great content too. mosquitoes are going to come along with that. So it's like mm-hmm. what ends up being worth it? What is like the end goal? 
Mm-hmm. What are you willing to put up with in order to get there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it varies. Um, what I think, this is what I personally believe, is, you know, none of us are seeking, we shouldn't be seeking, like, the ultimate pleasure or being running away from, like, the greatest pain in life, all your suffering and stuff. That's just life, mm-hmm. right? I think what we all are searching for is meaning to, like, why am, everybody asks, like, why am I doing this right now, like, mm-hmm. this thing? And do you, like, do you have a meaning to what you do? Like, what does that mean to you, this Rail's voice yeah. into the world? Like, why is that important to you? That's a really good question. I feel like I think about that on a daily basis. Um, I think at my core, it's to just show people that it's possible, like anything that I accomplish. Um, I've always been a go-getter, not necessarily an overachiever, but I've never looked at something and felt like it was without I've never looked at something and felt like it wasn't within my reach. Um, So I think that's kind of like at my core of anything, like having that baseline is it's motivating. Like um, if I want something that is a bit out of like my, my price range or something like that, it's like, okay, cool. That's still on the list. One day I'm going to get to it. Like Mm -hmm. now I'm thinking about new ways to be able to afford it. You know, it's like kind of giving some purpose. Um, And I think with uh, the family background that I come from, they kind of see things as like larger than life. Yeah. that I do. Like I've, I've been a part of some projects that have, you know, given me some notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, so mind blowing. And I'm like, you guys realize that the people that like we watch on TV or in these spaces, yeah. like are still normal people. It's possible yeah. to anybody. So more than anything, I want people to know that it's possible. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how that relates to like food reviews, but it's like, if I get put on the food channel one day, yeah. it's like, that's a wow factor, right? Like that yep. kind of means something. There's some notoriety within that. And my thing to go back to would be like, well, it's, I thought it was possible, you know, Mm -hmm. and I started just by doing something that was fun to me. Um, and that led to other things, but if I never believed in it taking me to greater heights and I wouldn't have gotten here, that would be what my future self would say. So yeah. Yeah. To to show people that's possible, anything that you want to go after, Mm -hmm. um, there's a a method to it. Mm -hmm. You can get there. I think our visions align. That's like what I feel Mm -hmm. about what we do too. Is like, I just want you to do it. Like, mm-hmm. know that you can do that. Like, you can make a life that you want for yourself. Yeah, it's accessible to you. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. People probably see what you guys do. I'm like, oh, I can't. How can they afford it? There's a way. There's mm-hmm. a way to do it. Like, when you care about something, you find the resources. You save. You cut back here. and Like, there's yep. a way to do it. Yeah. Um, just like you don't have to start off with like the greatest equipment, you don't have to start off with like the greatest fun. It could be a small trip. You guys could go to San Antonio and make something beautiful. You know what I mean? No shade yes. to San Antonio. There's no, just not much there. Our first there. trip was to like Schlitterbahn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, does it matter? Like, you know yes. what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like once you like spark that fire, it just continues to grow because now, now you're fixated on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're looking for every opportunity to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, our first time camping was in a tent with no rain fly on it. Yeah. And it was, uh, it could have been bad. So what we were getting at was knowing you have humble beginnings, right? Mm-hmm. You don't come from like anything like an influencer family or anything. Yeah, for like, sure. Humble beginnings. Yeah. All the way around. And so right now your story is happening. And so as you do each milestone, you're like documenting your, mm-hmm. you are telling your own story. Mm-hmm. Like that's your storytelling. Yes. That's what most people enjoy is like, okay, so from, oh, I remember Rel when he was just way, you know, when he just started and he was on this, oh man, (laughs) on this, go to do that podcast (laughs) or something. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think that's really cool what you're doing. Okay. So you have no way to know who you actually influence, right? Do you have numbers on fun numbers on like Instagram and stuff that tell you, oh, you've reached this many people? But it's like, how many people actually did this resonate with? Like, this, mm-hmm. how many people went to this restaurant without telling me mm-hmm. or something? Or without mm-hmm. liking the post? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just scrolling by. Mm-hmm. And so, because I do that all the time, I like yeah. see something and I'm not like on an ad and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to buy it right now. Sometimes yeah. I just buy some things mm-hmm. because I see them. Yeah. But like, how do you know like metrics and measuring? So, like, it's sometimes can feel like you're just throwing things out into a void mm-hmm. and it's like a couple hundred views or something. And you're like, well, nobody, wa- nobody watched that, but that's, right. that's 300 people mm-hmm. on a nothing, a nothing post. Mm-hmm. So you're like all these, that's potentially 300 
people who have been like, oh, that's really cool. Right. I didn't like it or anything. Yeah. But yeah, how do you how do you deal with that? I guess that unknowing the throwing your stuff out there and you're like, yeah. I hope this goes. I think it's super important to take numbers in regards to analytics and views and likes with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, because like you said, some people do keep scrolling in, you know, some people may not engage, but it has impacted them. I often think of like at work, whenever we post a survey for some, for the community to complete, we may post an ad or a video that only got like, I don't know, 60 something likes, but in reality, over 200 some people actually went and took the survey, yeah. you know? So sometimes those results aren't visible online. Um, one of the most popular videos that I post on a food review, uh, when we went back another time, like probably a couple months later, it was an interesting experience. Um, when we first walked in, like a girl turned and she like looked and I'm like, you know, people just like stare sometimes, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of our meal, uh, the server came over and asked what my name was. He was like, oh, okay, there's a table that's here because of you. So they thought it was you and they wanted to like say hi. Whoa. So I went and I spoke to her and I was like, hey. And she's like, oh my God, like we love your reviews. Like we literally are ordering exactly what you have, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I chatted with them for like five minutes and that like those moments are also what keep me going because it's cool. So I'm like, cool. it resonated with somebody like, Mm-hmm. people are coming back in the comments like, hey, I just went to the last place you went to. And I'm like, that's kind of why I do it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm connecting with other people. Like, I'm providing them with value. Like, yes. if I'm going to be doing this for fun, I'd rather walk away with that than anything else. Yes. Um, and then, so we were leaving and I forgot something at the table. So I run back inside to get it. There's another couple who had been there the entire time. And they were like, we saw them speak to you. We want to let you know, like, we're here because of you, too. Like, we drove all the way from Houston, like, to try this place. And I'm like, what? That is so, so the fun. dude is like, hey, he got people in here. Like, y'all need to give him the hookup. Like, make sure he mm-hmm. gets a discount, which they did. It was cool. And then the server who helped us last time, mm-hmm. um, he came over and was like, so many people have come in. They recognized me because I said his name and, like, showed him. Yeah. He did us. He did something really nice. He, like, turned on the space heater or something outside for it. So yeah. um, people were, like, you know, showing him love and stuff, too. And then another person on my way out. It just became, like, a domino effect. Yeah. And I'm positivity. like, oh, okay. Exactly. Like, and it's affecting people in a yeah, positive way. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, and who knows what stems from that? People can just say it's food. You know, mm-hmm. it could just be that. But I'm like, okay. But that's another chance for someone to come there and enjoy the experience like you know they're able to say that they came to houston i'm sorry they were able to say that they came from austin i cannot speak today let me restart (laughs) that (laughs) these people are able to say that they came to austin from houston or wherever Mm -hmm. um to enjoy themselves and they had a good time and they can say like they trusted my recommendation and that holds some weight with me that makes me feel good about what i do absolutely Because really, we're all just trying to find out stuff to do with. Yeah, just information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like sharing information. I think people Mm -hmm. like we're out of the gatekeeping stage. I think I think it's in in multiple ways, like or for multiple reasons, rather for some people to like get ahead. Obviously, there's some benefit of like views and engagement and like, you know, people offer courses on certain things. So it helps that way. Um, It's like a what do you say a double sworded or double ended stick or something like that yeah. but it's beneficial to everybody double edged yeah. sword double edged sword yeah. <laughs> double ended stick what is that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a spear sharpened on two sides there we go um yeah that is-, that is cool mm-hmm. so how do you deal with the how do you deal with so social media is like beautiful in a way yeah. like you yeah. just described wonderful stories or it's like yeah i just was you know, saw this, I saved it. Like some people just genuinely catalog fun, new ideas that, you know, rail gives them. Uh, but there's a lot of bad ideas in like kind of a lot of noise to get to the, the things that you really, that, uh, that speak to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, you're shopping for an experience in a way when Mm -hmm. it comes like this sort of lifestyle thing. I mean, the things that we do too are like, Hey, yeah, this is our experience at this national park. Right. And Mm -hmm. some people are like, well, they had a good experience. Now I want to go there and experience it. And you're not going to have the same experience too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are people who talk about like, I had a terrible time or they're, these people are terrible. And you constantly hear that too. Mm -hmm. And like, so Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that? Like constantly hearing this sort of, positively positivity like 
mixed in with negativity. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just, yeah, happening all the time. Yeah, I think for me, I've had people in the comments like, oh, I went to this restaurant and it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respond to that. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that that was your experience. You know, yeah. uh, this most recent guy was like, oh, you went to this place and it was like overpriced and the food was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing is to think that you can't be like an adult or mature for other people. Because if you give me a recommendation, and I go somewhere, I'm going to go there with the open mind. Like, you right. may like it. And we may have different tastes. I may not like it. Exactly. And I'm not going to circle back around and then point the finger at you. At you yeah, because I just didn't enjoy it. Like, you know, there are different factors that come into that. Um, and you just kind of can't change that. There's not much you can do about that. But I feel like I address it on social or even if a friend were to tell me in person, I genuinely care. I'm like, oh, like, what did you order? I'm curious. You know, I may not care like it's personal to me, but I'm curious about it, mm-hmm. you know. So I was more asking sort of like how you... Your consumption. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You also are a... You have to kind of look... You said you use other people for inspiration, Mm -hmm. right? Like while you're looking through all this stuff, like Mm -hmm. how do you... How do you sort the good from the bad, right? Like and deal with the bad things and just kind of say, well, that's... That's just the way things are. People are whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like how do you deal with the negativity of life? Like when things are getting you down, how do you still maintain... Creating positive content. Mm. Does it go with that, I guess, the inspiration that you get from actually seeing the impact that you make on the world? Yeah, I will say that positive comments can definitely be a Mm pick-me-up. And it's weird because you would think like, okay, what's the opposite of that? Do negative comments like get you down? And it's like, not really, because I kind of expect that. Mm -hmm. Um, And even with positive comments, I take that with a grain of salt too. It's like, who is it coming from? Like, does someone really have a good experience with like what I just put out there? You know what I mean? Um, but in regard to like the downs of life and like still making positive content, I just keep pushing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I've always been, uh, let me start that over. I've always been the type of person to just sweep negative feelings under the rug and I don't want to suppress it. Right. Right. But it's like, I'll deal with it at a, like a later date. Mm-hmm. Like now that's not the priority. I don't want to, give negativity too much life because i don't want it to grow and like to take over we were talking about the car accident when it got rear-ended you know what i mean i'm like i'm no this is not gonna ruin my day like you know yeah it's not i'm not i'm (laughs) not letting this ruin my dinner we're about to have some bomb fajitas and margaritas like Mm -hmm. do you want to tell that story uh briefly i will just being on the road seeing somebody who wasn't driving the best and we're in bumper to bumper traffic and I made a joke like, oh, that dude needs to get off his phone. Not even really seeing him actually on the phone, mm-hmm. but he was just driving like not the best. A couple exits down, dude rear-ends us and, you know, just like, okay, that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just normally really calm in situations that people may panic in. Yeah. I just know that not much is going to be accomplished <laughs> if I panic too much. Yep. So I'm like, okay, let's just address this right now. And then you take things step by step. Mm-hmm. Got out, got the dude's information car is mostly fine you know minor cosmetic damages continue on with the night and we'll deal and talk to the insurance we'll deal with it and talk to the insurance the next day yeah so that's kind of how that took place that is a good uh final insight mm-hmm. on what rail has to say he is not going to panic no nobody out there panic and make it someone else's issue but if you need someone let them know always yeah. reach out when you need help mm-hmm. but also know when you need to be helped yes self-awareness mm-hmm. we all gotta practice that and uh just like that guy texting that hit you from behind uh we need to get away from technology <laughs> so i think that's a good closing to okay. this podcast so thank you so much Ralph. Thanks i just for wanted me. i wanted your voice to be heard because you're a very interesting person to me oh thanks. and i do think that uh one day we'll be looking I don't know what it is right now, but mm-hmm. Food Network or <laughs> something. Rel, it's going to be whatever you want it to be. It's going to be whatever I want it to be. But mm-hmm. you're going to be a name in history, and it's going to be a good thing. A good name, good positive yes. vibe. I don't know. <laughs> I just like your vibes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for thanks for being on here. It was. I hope you had fun. Um, Absolutely. Literally anytime. Okay. This is the first run, y'all, so if it's not that great on my end... I'm gonna try <laughs> another <great>. time. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been the Go There Do That podcast. Join us next week, and we'll see you later. <laughs>